Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a daily podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Happy Monday, and welcome to another week of the Financial Emancipation Podcast. This week, I want to um, begin. I want to begin this week by discussing a topic that is kind of like one of those topics where it's like it's an ongoing conversation. But I'd like to begin it today with the conversation about when is the proper time to talk to your children about money. And so, every study that you read on how people form financial habits, all the research you can find is that people form their financial habits. They form their financial, excuse me, they form their financial ideas or what they understand about finances at a very young age between like ages eight and and 12, 15, right? But they actually impart and, and actually use those things that they learned in their early teenage years. So teenage years up until about age 20. So that's when people start to really exercise the habits they've, they've developed based on things they've learned when they were very young. And so... Quite often in families, people don't start to talk to their children about money until um, until that time of maybe like 16 to 18 or going off to college. That's when people that's when families really talk a lot about money to children, especially when you're talking about um, their their needs or their desires or their wants get a little more expensive. That's a time when children are beginning to like get a job because allowance is no longer um, enough. And that's when families start to talk to their children about money. Unfortunately, at that point, when you just start talking to your children about money at that at that age, it's a little late. It's a little late to begin a conversation that should have begun back when they were um, as early as eight years old, seven or eight years old. So again, if you research this topic from a very much like a technical standpoint, um, most most people will tell you that you begin to talk to children about money as soon as they can understand basic arithmetic. So first, second grade, when they can understand when they're really learning math, one plus one is two, basic arithmetic. So I would give you about to the third grade when math skills are really just like have basic math skills. They understand addition, subtraction. Um, So that's the only thing you need to, to deal with money. So when they understand that, that's a good time to begin conversations about that. And you begin the conversation often with the discussion about um, allowance. And usually that's money that's paid to them for chores that they're doing. And then in that instance, when they begin to want things. So at at that point, children can understand when they want things. They understand basic fundamentals of math, meaning addition and subtraction. You can begin the conversation with them about taking their allowance, what they earn. They can count what they have. They can save money. They can have savings goals. So if they want something. So oftentimes parents will go to a store with a child and you know, a child will want something and the parent will say no or yes or what have you. But what you can do to set up a conversation about money and money habits is to say you, okay, this is something that you want. We're not going to buy it today because we didn't plan for it. When you get your allowance, this is how much it costs. If you want it, you can save up your allowance and then we can come back and buy it. Or I'll, you save up half of it and I'll come back and I'll buy the rest. You begin to formulate some responsibility around money with them you make them understand what money's value is so that if they want something there's a cost for it and they have to be willing to save and do the work and and um 
to pay for it um, as they get a little bit older 10 11 you begin to if they have wants that are more expensive you begin to assign you know different tasks if you would like to have the money so you can do XYZ you know clean out the attic or things that may be beyond their chores uh, babysit or walk the dog or any of those kind of things that people do that they that you normally would just have your children doing you assign a, a dollar value to it so that they can understand that for their own for their work they can be paid and compensated um it's a good time to talk to them about savings so i know a lot of kids have piggy banks so you give them piggy banks but not just to just throw random change in but to give them that okay i'm going to give you an allowance and you get your five dollars and you need to put 50 cents in your piggy bank every time you know these are the kind of things that will form habits that they will understand. And understanding the value of money is one of the critical things that I find when I talk to people about their children and the way their children act when they're late teenagers. People, you'll constantly hear parents say, the kids don't value anything. They don't value anything. They don't value anything. And the, uh, the fundamental thing of that is that if children don't value money, it's because you didn't teach them to value money. They can't wake up understanding that concept. You as the parent are responsible for teaching them to value money. And remember, it is your financial demonstration that they are, that they are, they are, they are presenting your, a demonstration of your financial habits. It's hard to look at it, but that's what they're doing. So anything that you see when your children become, when you say they don't have any value for money, you have to come back and ask yourself, do you have a value for money? Do you demonstrate a value for money? And you may think you do because you fuss at them and you yell at them about what they do and do not value. But are you demonstrating a value for money? Do you behave responsibly with money? Do you demonstrate to them that money has a value by the things that you do for yourself, by the things that they watch you do? You have to remember the children are just watching. And so a lot of times they can see the hypocrisy in what you say and what you do. So you, you could tell them you need to value money. Money doesn't grow on trees, et cetera. And then they turn around and watch you spend money like it's nothing. Only on the things that you decide or deem appropriate. Because a lot of times parents and parents can be hypocritical. They'll tell a child no about things that the child wants because they don't want to buy it. But then they'll, they'll do things for themselves or do things even for the child that demonstrate that money doesn't have the value they're trying to make it, you know, seem like it does. So children watch and, and they're just a demonstration of your own financial habits. So if you have a child who is really um, very bad with money, doesn't understand the value of money, that's because he, more than likely you don't understand the value of money or you're not demonstrating that to him, him or her in any real way. And part of that has to do with the secrecy around money that parents give to children. Parents quite often don't want to talk to children about money in a real way. So a lot of times, I think I've mentioned this in prior podcasts, but when a child asks for something that you do not, as a parent, you can't afford, um, you should tell the child that. Because, and not just in the, I don't have the money, because I remember a lot of parents say, I don't have it, I don't have it. No, explain to them what it is that you don't have explain to them when they ask for something and you need to say no you can explain to them what it is that you've already done with the money that you have you can say to them listen if they ask you you know for a new pair of sneakers and then sneakers cost a hundred dollars and you can say listen i bought you sneakers already this you know this month or the last two months it wasn't in our budget to buy you sneakers at you know this month we need to plan for it. So you're going to have to wait until 
this time so that I can have the money to buy you sneakers. This is how much money we spent. I spent this month on the rent. This is how much I spent on this. This is how much this costs. Because you also want children to understand what the things that they take for granted cost. So your children may not understand what it means when you say, I have bills to pay. Get into the details of it, particularly when you're talking to teenagers. You know, get into the details of the rent is is, is $1,500 and I have to pay for my car note. And we, and you know, one of the things my mother used to say to me, um, my sister and I used to harass her about um, where we lived. You know, I would go, I, we I, we lived in a neighborhood that was, you know, there were always working people, et cetera, but it was, it had its, you know, it had its, um, uh, it's charm, I would say, of being just, you know, it, it was middle class, but then there were people who were not middle class. So it was a mixed neighborhood, but I would always, there was like much more um, nicer, what I would consider nicer neighborhoods, more suburban neighborhoods that I would visit friends in. And I would say to her, why don't we move there? And I knew it was more expensive, but I also knew she could afford it. Listen to me, right? I was a teenager. I knew she could afford it. And so I would say to her, why don't we move over there? And her response was very clear. She said, you're right. We can afford that. I can afford to buy a house over there, but let me tell you what we'll have to sacrifice in order to live there. We won't have a car because I won't be able to have that house in the car. We won't go on two vacations a year. You won't be able to go school shopping, you know, twice a year. We won't be able to buy you sneakers and all these things. That's the sacrifice we'd have to make to live over there. Now, the question is, do you want to live over there still? When she said that, I was like, wow, I particularly enjoy going on vacation twice a year and I don't want us to not have a car. So I'm going to be quiet. Now, that was a very like broad way of discussing it. And I don't know if that was the actual reason why we couldn't move over there. Maybe she just didn't want to or whatever. But she was trying to communicate to me that the lifestyle that we lived was contingent upon the bills that we had. And so she was giving me a life lesson about why sometimes if you want to have a certain type of lifestyle, you have to make other sacrifices and you can't always be chasing to live up under the Joneses or be up, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Sometimes you need to just live your life and run your race so you can have the life that you want. So there was that, that was a really poignant lesson that I learned. And I was probably like 12 or 13 when she said that the first time, I'm sure she said it many other times, but it was things like that. So it was giving me some sort of value and understanding of what she was doing with the money she had and what I was receiving from it. And so it gave me that understanding. So you should talk to your children about money. Talk to them about the bills that you incur. Talk to them about how much money you make and, and what that, and talk to them about any of the other life lessons you want them to know about money and the habits you want them to know about money. The fact that you can teach them about credit long before they get credit cards. And when you can say to them, you know, I'm going to buy this for you and you're going to have to pay it back on this rate. You know, you teach them things and, and it helps that when you send them out into the world, they're not going out to the world naked without any understanding of money because that is when they jump right into college and make a lot of financial mistakes. So you want to impart wisdom on them early and not just when they turn 16 and get their first job. Long before that, you want to begin those conversations with them. Like I said, as soon as they can understand math, you should begin conversations with them about money. And that will also help you to continue to have conversations about money that you should be having with yourself and you should be having out in the open as you refine and define your financial habits, your financial philosophies, theories, etc., and how you want to impart that on your child so that they can go into the world with a little more than what you had and how they can walk faster and get closer to being financially emancipated. You don't want them to start the, the world with bad habits. You want to go into them with his best habit. You want them to go into the world with the best habits that they can have. That way, some of the things and missteps that you made, maybe they can avoid. 
So that's going to wrap up for today. If you haven't already done so, please head on over to Instagram and follow me at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Twitter at FIN Emancipation. Follow me on Facebook and join the Facebook group. It's a great group going on there with great conversation. And it's at Financial Emancipation. And if you have any questions for me, please feel free to email me at financialemancipation at gmail.com. Um, as I mentioned a couple, you know, last week and I'll continue to mention, the website is on the way. It's being developed. I'm really excited about it. Um, also, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's a great way to keep you get the podcast. As soon as they upload, you can um, your rating and reviewing helps me to get a, get a broader audience. So I really would appreciate that. If you enjoy what you're listening to and appreciate the podcast, please share it with your friends. Share it, just share it with pick five friends and share it with them and tell them to rate, review, and subscribe. It really I really would appreciate that and it helps to get the message out there. Thank you again for listening today. And I hope you'll be back tomorrow as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Have a great day.